0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.
1: This is Pure Opelka. With Michael
0: pelka With Mike Opelka.
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: <laughs> Good morning, friends. Happy, happy Saturday. Yeah, I know. I'm not supposed to say the name of the day. But it is Saturday. It's the weekend. We kick off programming here on the Blaze Radio Network every Saturday, 6 a.m. Eastern. And there are some stalwart souls on the West Coast or in the West Coast time zones who are either just finishing up their work or just getting home. Either way, uh, I'm, I'm happy you're there. We have a lot to discuss today, and I would love for you to join the discussion, the phone number. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Today on the agenda, on the menu, things to discuss. There are some some stories that are troubling me. There are some stories that make me uh, that make me happy, and there are some stories I want to bring to your attention to to hopefully get you involved in some way, shape, or form, or to to wake you up stay woke as Maxine Waters would tell us stay woke has anyone seen max where is auntie max where i haven't heard anything dumb out of maxine waters for a couple of days now and i'm wondering we'll, we'll do a check during the break but i'm worried about maxine waters i know mike please please maxine waters there is a whole lot of politics on the agenda today, uh, including the former president, who uh, who's like gum on your shoe on a hot day, isn't he? Just when you think you, you're free of it, you, you step down and, ah, still sticking to my heel. He just won't go away. He won't stop. And it's all because of ego. Wait, Barack Obama has an ego? Mm-hmm. A grande ego. Again, phone lines are open. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. The Twitter is smoking already. Uh, I was getting tweets from some of you this morning at uh, like four fifteen East Coast time. What are you doing, people? I appreciate it, but uh, you know, get a little sleep sometimes. Okay, now um, I could go fun or I could go furious, or I could go... eh, I think I need to finish a story from yesterday, and I think that's the best way to go. Yesterday, I ranted and raved and hooted and hollered about a teacher, a college professor here in the Delaware at University of Delaware. Hold on, I got my note right over here. got the paper. The university professor's name, Kathy Detweiler, I think. Yes, D-E-T-T-W-I-L-E-R. Kathy Detweiler, anthropology professor. Uh, She's the one who said Otto Warmbier got what he deserved. Exactly what he deserved. And I'm infuriated by this because of several reasons. Number one... Um, She still has this job, probably tenured. Number two, in her story, she also made some accusations talking about how these rich white kids, these young, white, rich, clueless males come into her classes, and uh, she also accused them of raping drunk girls at frat parties, snorting cocaine, and threatening violence against faculty members, against professors. And yet, she doesn't seem to have reported any of those threats to the campus police because we would have heard about them. No, none of that. Well, thanks to a lot of the attention that some of you have given this and that we have given it, And people like Ann Coulter have given it because it did get the notice of several people. The clip did well on TheBlaze.com. The story's on TheBlaze.com as well. All you have to do is click on the channels section at the top of TheBlaze.com. Find my channel. Click on it. First of all, follow it, please. And you um, you will find yourself getting the daily updates. But this story of this teacher, this adjunct professor at the University of Delaware got so much attention, the University of Delaware has responded. Kathy Detweiler has yet to respond to anyone that I know of. The comments from, uh, this is according to the University of Delaware, this is their official statement. The comments of Catherine Detweiler do not reflect the values or position of the University of Delaware. We condemn any and all messages that endorse hatred and convey insensitivity toward a tragic event such as the one that Otto Warmbier and his family suffered. The University of Delaware values respect and civility, and we are committed to global education and study abroad. Therefore, we find these comments particularly distressing and inconsistent with our values. Our sympathies are with the warm beer family. Now, that's an interesting statement. What's missing from that statement is anything addressing the allegations of rape, the allegations of drug use, drug abuse, and the allegations of threats against faculty by these young, rich, white students, males, of course. So, University of Delaware, you get a fail on this one. They, uh, they were asked by a local reporter here, Jessica Byes, at uh, the Delaware News Journal, Delaware Online. They were asked if there there was going to be any disciplinary action taken against Detweiler, and the university spokesperson said... We are not able to comment on the specifics of her employment. Personnel matters are confidential. Interesting, right? University of Delaware, a school, a state school. So why are personnel matters confidential? That's a state school. I pay for that school. And chances are, because of their their status in this state, they get federal money. Chances are you are paying for this school, too. So uh, we are owed more answers from the University of Delaware, and I, for one, because I'm footing the bill for some of this idiocy, I, for one, will continue to pursue this. If you want to, uh, if you want to reach out, let's see who's Kathy Detweiler is the woman's name Kathy with a K D E T T W I L E R. She's on the Facebook. And the University of Delaware spokesperson is Andrea Boyle, although I don't think she really has any say in this. I think she's just, you know, the mouthpiece. They're sending her out to talk to the media. But it's really Detweiler who deserves uh, a question or or three about whether or not she's uh, endorsing, condoning, supporting the allegations that she put forward about rape, drug abuse and the threats of violence against members of the faculty. Uh you certainly are um you certainly are are complicit in a crime, I guess, if you don't announce it to the authorities. If you're just it didn't happen. If, you know, and the sad case is r- rape happens and many rapes go unreported. And if this professor knows of rapes going on on this campus, boy, she has a responsibility, not just as a woman, but as a human being, to do something about it. But apparently she's not. So that ticked me off early. It continues to tick me off. Uh, I will get to a, a deep dive on President Obama and Russia Because once again, I think there's some fake news out there. Yeah, and what a surprise it involves CNN. Fake news. Uh, We're going to talk to a guy who inspired me yesterday. A guy who inspired me greatly by doing something very simple. Not cheap, but very simple. And uh, we'll get him on the horn in a little bit here from Texas. An interesting cat. I just met him yesterday. And I feel like I've known them. We get along on so many levels, I feel like I've known them a long time. And I think you will agree as well. But we'll see. Hang on one second. Uh, what else are we going to do? Oh, I asked, um, I asked the crew this morning as we check in. I'm in Delaware, as you know. And uh, Rob and uh, Martin are in Dallas keeping an eye on things. Um, I asked the crew, hey, What ticks you off this morning? What's making you mad this morning? Because, you know, that's where I kind of find out where my crew is feeling and what news stories they're seeing that I'm not seeing. And um, I have to tell you, I was a little bit miffed when I heard from one of the guys, well, I'm mad about uh, the vice president meeting with uh, one of the Koch brothers. And I was like, why? Because, you know, me... You know me, I'm one of the people who very much, very loudly, very often talks about we need to reform campaign finance because I think there is too much damn money moving around uh, these elections and it's obscene in some ways and it also does uh, cloud our ability to really understand who a candidate is. So I get, I get very upset and tense when I, when I hear these discussions of campaign finance but when I see the left demonizing the Koch brothers so often and it's it's brought up by Bernie and Chucky Schumer. You know, if, if Bernie Sanders says one more time, the millionaires and billionaire Koch brothers are buying the election, he's following in Harry Reid's footsteps. Harry Reid talked about making candidates wear patches on their suits that reflected the money they got from uh, very wealthy donors. And I think that's really kind of interesting. I I, like NASCAR. Yes, I would support that because then we could see who's gotten money and where they got it from. Right. But uh, in order to address the outrage that some might have about the, the vice president of the United States sitting down with one of the Koch brothers, I thought, well, you know, let's let's go back to the truth on this. Let's find out where money is coming from and to whom it is going. And in 2016, that's pretty easy to do. The number one donor, rich guy donor, in 2016 was a guy named Thomas Steyer out of San Francisco, who put $89 million into the pockets of liberals, the number two donor was casino magnate Sheldon Adelson out of Las Vegas, Nevada, who put almost seventy-eight million dollars. Pretty close, but only in the pocket of conservatives. So at the top, you have a pretty even balance, right? And then you're going, okay, where are the Koch brothers? Where where are any of the Koch brothers? Number three is uh, almost forty million to uh, to Democrats. Number four is thirty-five million to Democrats. Number five, a rich guy and his wife gave $25 million to, well, of the $25 million that the Simons family gave last year, $25 million and $25,000. That was their total donation. $25 million went to Democrats, $25,000 to Republicans. A little imbalanced, right? If you go down the majority of the list, I think it's seven of the top 10 donors gave solo only to Democrats and in huge sums it's if you took the the uh, liberal donors and you put the conservative donors side by side conservative donors gave uh, let's see that's 25 and 22 that's 27 27 as conservative donors gave about a hundred and ten million dollars to conservative causes. The first two liberal donations are more than $130 million. And where are the Koch brothers? You'd have to go all the way down to number 51 before you find a Coke. Charles and Elizabeth Koch donated $3 million last year to conservative candidates only. $3 million. Uh, George Soros, by the way, comes in at number 10 with almost $20 million, right? And no, not a nickel of that went to a conservative. So anybody who brings up the Koch brothers, any of your liberal friends bring up the Koch brothers, uh, you have my permission to say, shut up. And we'll be right back. I'm Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure
2: Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, Saturdays are great days, I have to tell you that. Because after this show, we are followed by greatness. The one, the only, Jeff Fisher. And then following Jeff Fisher, Lawrence Jones The third. You know, I see him more on Fox than I hear him on this <laughs> this channel. That's not fair. He filled in for Dana this week and did a great job. Just a, a terrific job. Ah, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where to go? We spin the wheel of topics. Um, I want to get to Russia and Obama and Hillary and Putin and talk about that because that Washington Post story is pretty interesting, isn't it? and it ties into just about everything but where I really need to focus right now is the the discussion that many in the mainstream media are having the left-leaning portion of the mainstream meeting media and that is the the obsession not just with the Trump's but with uh, specifically Jared Kushner and lately the big question is uh, why does Jared Kushner have security clearance and they want his, his security clearance taken away because of some statements and, and some misinformation? Well, Jared Kushner is currently over in the Middle East attempting to do what virtually every administration has attempted to do in my lifetime, and that is bring peace to the Middle East. It doesn't seem to be happening Uh, I'm telling you, this is the toughest problem. This is centuries old, millennial old uh, tribal arguments. I don't think you're ever going to get it done. But I'm glad he's trying. I think it's worth a shot. If they do, of course, of course, that will mean Donald Trump and Jared Kushner will get the Nobel Peace Prize for actually doing something. But uh, the left-leaning media wants Jared Kushner's security clearance taken away. And here's my question, and it relates to that topic. Why the hell does Hillary Clinton still have security clearance? Because people are talking about that. Why does she still have security clearance? If I'm working at The Blaze one day, and then Glenn Beck wakes up, listens to this show and goes, geez, what have we done? Get him off the air. And they fire me. Do you think I will still retain security clearance? Even if I walked into Glenn and said, Glenn, it's been a great seven years. Uh, you and I have been n- friends for decades. It's, I just got to go. You know that my c- card key, my security will not work The hour after I walk out of the building, I will not have access to the computer systems, nothing. So why do we allow a former secretary of state and God knows how many other officials inside Hillary's inner circle to retain their security clearance? Why, why, why? That's a question I want to know. And I, I really would like to know it now. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. Yeah, there's, there's some stuff on this Russia story that should bother you because there's some fake news happening with it. We'll deal with that just around the corner on Pure Pelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
1: Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are looking at a buffet of topics today. Some light, some heavy, some silly, some angering. A uh, little bit of everything. And I just noticed one of the stunt brainiacs, Andy Courier, posted something I retweeted. It's a sign from the Office of Environment and Heritage in New South Wales. That would be Australia. And uh, the National Parks and Wildlife Service put a warning on the bathroom door at one of the parks that said, Warning, snake may be in toilet bowl. Uh, no. But yes, apparently the, the uh, warning goes on to say a non-venomous snake has been observed in these toilets check before use npws is working on resolving the issue (laughs) first of all who doesn't check the toilet before they use it even at home much less a public toilet but (laughs) just a little bit of a disturbing warning sign (laughs) to see in the toilet bowl thank you mr courier for sharing that with us this morning the um The story that popped yesterday talking about how the Obama administration essentially got news, got word from the CIA in either late June or July that the Russians had been hacking into uh, computers in America, specifically trying to break through into our election computer systems and into the DNC computer systems that that news that news and the subsequent statements from former obama officials about yeah we blew it because we didn't really do anything that really bothered me because here you have a sitting president who allegedly told the russians cut it out or we're going to get tough and then they really did nothing the russian hacking continued and it did not affect the vote tally but it did get inside Hillary Clinton's campaign and released a lot of damaging information, embarrassing information, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I uh, to this day, I'm mystified that the DNC wouldn't turn their servers over, uh, th- those computers over to the intelligence agencies so they could solve it, but maybe there was something else on there. But here's the deal on this. Here's what disturbs me. We are seeing reports all over the news media talking about this story and talking about the fact that Russia meddled in this election, and mostly Russia meddled with Hillary Clinton, trying to, trying to mess with Hillary's campaign. That was the target. And they have some directives right from uh, Vladimir Putin himself, which I think is hilarious, especially after we remember Barack Obama's statement to Medvedev in 2012 when he said, after the election, I'll have more flexibility. Remember that little hot mic moment? Yeah. But apparently, Vladimir Putin had a bone to pick with Hillary Clinton, According to several sources, Putin blamed Hillary for messing with his last election. Putin said that Hillary Clinton was was mudd- muddying up the waters for him and making life difficult for him to get reelected. Now that's funny, isn't it? Because he's pretty much uh, got clamps down on the media on any sort of counter protests, any protests against his his reign and so putin saw hillary clinton as a troublemaker and he was going to make her life difficult even if that meant getting donald trump elected so there was apparently nothing done against trump just against hillary and nothing done in favor of trump unless you consider screwing with hillary clinton's election to be helping donald trump which so many people on the left Are pointing to that now I still don't believe there's any collusion and we've heard from left and right that there's currently no evidence of collusion but this this strange reality that Vladimir Putin was out to get Hillary Clinton and that Obama did nothing could it be could it be that Obama did nothing because they assumed as many people did based on the polls Hillary Clinton was winning this And that if they did anything, that it would look as if the Obama administration was putting its thumb on the scale in the elections. That's what so many people are telling you. That's what the mainstream media is saying. Well, Barack Obama's lack of action against the Russians uh, going into our precious election systems was only because he did not want to seem biased. Really? Is that why Barack Obama was on the campaign trail with Hillary? Is that why Barack Obama and Michelle Obama went out and campaigned with Hillary? Seriously, is, was that to show nonpartisanship? partisanship what, what a bunch of crap, mainstream media. It's not right. And then, despite the fact that the, the announcement of the intelligence came forward in the summer, as the conventions were happening or around the conventions happening and uh, we did nothing now you're hearing that the administration the obama administration some are reporting and i heard this on cnn this morning more fake news well obama did act he expelled 35 russian diplomats and he confiscated the russian 45 acre property on the eastern shore of maryland The one, by the way, that Donald Trump gave back to the Russians just recently. Now, that would be interesting to me if the president had expelled those diplomats before the election. If it would have happened in August or even when he heard, July or August. If if the president would have taken decisive action with the Russians and said, all right, you can't keep doing this. You have to go and sent those 35 diplomats home and then taken and closed that retreat in Maryland, I would have said, all right, the president stood up and told Russia, cut it out. And that's, if you listen to the mainstream media, if you listen to CNN, that's what it sounds like happened. Barack Obama sent those diplomats home and confiscated that retreat in december not in july not in august not in september not in october not in the early part of november leading up to the election none of that he did nothing until afterwards and remember we all thought well this is it putin's gonna conf- putin's gonna now send all the american diplomats home remember what vladimir putin did after barack obama sent those 35 diplomats packing. He gave them 72 hours. You got 72 hours to get out of town, riskies. Remember what Vladimir Putin did? You want to talk about playing the game better. Putin didn't expel the American diplomats. He invited the diplomats and their families to the Kremlin for a Christmas and New Year's party. You want to talk about getting played. You, you want to talk about being shown how to do this thing. Putin showed Obama how it's done. It's craziness, I know, right? That's the update on this story. That's the real story behind this story. We knew Russia was messing with us. We did nothing. It's just like Obama and the red line in the sand. His reluctance to act... Because he wants to overthink it. He's the ready, aim, 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 aim. It's in, he never fires. All right, I got to stop. Next up, I want to talk to a guy that I met yesterday. He is, um, he's kind of my new little hero, and it's what he did in a um a small texas town with a billboard that has gone around the world you may have seen it on my twitter account yesterday but you'll meet the guy behind the billboard (laughs) that's telling mainstream media really the truth and uh we'll talk to him next on pure opelka
0: you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: I should have known, I should have known that this was going to happen. The gentleman uh, we were calling just appeared on Fox & Friends, and I'm sure that that story and that appearance on Fox & Friends has gotten all of his friends calling him at home right now, so his phone is jammed. But we'll see if we can get uh, Kyle to... Give us a call. We're checking it out. Our, our, Martin's on the case. He's he's persistent. He's the pit bull, of grabbing guests. So we'll we'll chip away and keep going. Uh, I do want to call your attention to something, that I think is um, very important. Something we learned yesterday. Uh, the story that, the story about the shooter, not the shooter, the stabber at the Flint airport that guy that that jerk that came here from canada i believe it was originally a tunisian man uh, the guy who yelled uh, allahu akbar and stabbed a cop on duty in the neck and thank god thank you god that that officer is okay he'll survive you know he's been stabbed but he's not going to die he was in critical condition for a while but the guy who stabbed the cop actually tried to buy a gun. And um, you know what happens when you try to buy a gun, when you try to just go in and legally buy a gun. Oh, you have to do a background check. And gee, what happened? He failed, which means the system worked. The system absolutely did its job. So thank you, system thank you background checks and Shannon Watts and Michael Bloomberg and all you people who think uh, well we and are out there screaming we need background checks well we have them you dolts and guess what it probably prevented an even greater tragedy than we witnessed in Flint Michigan cuz imagine if this jerk terrorist had been able to get his hands on a firearm and he could go walking into that airport and just start blasting away. Well, thank God. Thank God we have background checks because he was prevented from doing just that. Now, in addition to that, I have to, uh, I have to connect that story to um, another story that is not first of all it's not out there i'm not seeing this anywhere and we'll get to johnny depp and his threat and then his apology etc but somebody who works for bill maher a person who writes for for bill maher i think it's bill maher let me double check it might be bill nye uh it's it's a woman who considers herself a comedian her, her name is marcella arguello Marcella Arguello. Marcella Arguello put something on Twitter right after the shooting of Steve Scalise. This is what she wrote. If a few old-ass conservative white men have to die in order to get the gun control issue discussed, then I'm willing to take that risk. Check that. If a few old-ass conservative white men have to die in order to get the gun control issue discussed, then I'm willing to take that risk. Wonderfully nice of uh, Marcella Arguello to offer up the lives of people she apparently doesn't value. Old, old old-ass conservative white men. If they have to die in order to get the gun control issue discussed, uh, she's willing to take that risk. Well, Ms. Arguello, uh, you need to look no further than Flint, Michigan and the multiple shooting deaths that didn't happen because gun control happened here in this country because that guy couldn't pass a background check. The system works. And people like you who are extolling the murder of others really are the most despicable types I've ever seen. I wrote to uh, Ms. Arguello to ask her, um, what do you consider old? Just because I happen to be a conservative white male And I want to know if I should worry about any of Marcella Arguello's friends, whether or not they're going to consider me to be somebody that'll start the conversation they so, so dearly wish to happen. She has not yet responded. There's more on this, and maybe we'll get a hold of our guy with the billboard. We'll see. A whole lot to talk about today. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka with
1: Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) This is Pure Opelka
0: with Michael Pelka
1: only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back, second hour, Puro Pelka. We are here on a uh, all new Saturday day of programming on the Blaze Radio Network. Of course, this show followed by the Jeff Fisher show. We are we like to call ourselves the Jeff Fisher pre-show, sort of, but we're big fans of Jeffy. Uh, did you ever talk to somebody uh, for the first time and think we've been down some of the same roads? That's the experience I had yesterday when I managed to make contact with a guy who's probably, probably getting a whole lot of attention these days. His name is Kyle Courtney, and he lives uh, just outside of San Antonio as a businessman, a guy who, uh, you know, like so many people that made their own way in this country, uh, got fed up with D.C. in the last few years, got fed up with, uh, as the president has called it, the swamp. And um, and then got fed up with the media, as again as so many of us have. Uh, the gentleman's name is Kyle Courtney. And I spoke to him yesterday after I saw the billboard that he put up Wednesday. The billboard you may have seen. It's on my Twitter account. The billboard states: ABC News. I grew up with you. We aren't. We aren't. Uh, we are through. I grew up with you. We are through. The Russians didn't elect Donald Trump. I did. Kyle Courtney, Uh, a very simple statement that I'm guessing has gone around the world by now and uh, getting a lot of attention on it is the guy on the phone with us this morning in Texas, just north of San Antonio, where I went to college so many years ago. Kyle Courtney, good morning. Welcome to the program. Do we have Kyle? Oh, he just dropped while, while they try to get a hold of Kyle, I will tell you this, uh, Kyle, Kyle's phone's been ringing off the wall. Um, do you guys have his cell phone number, Dallas? Because if not, okay, you got it and you're call. Hope you're calling him. Um, this billboard, just with the giant red letters that says ABC News and then the colon says, I grew up with you. We are through. The Russians didn't elect Donald Trump. I did. Pretty much cut and dried statement. And uh, the the tweet has gone everywhere. Kyle appeared yesterday uh, with um, Neil Cavuto. And I talked to him just before he was on with Neil Cavuto. And uh, he was nervous. I don't know why. Because I always think Neil Cavuto is like a friend. Neil Cavuto, one of the nicest guys in, in a really tough business. So... Uh, I, I happened to talk to him before, and then I happened to talk to him afterwards. And as you can imagine, the the amount of attention that this billboard has gotten him, I'm sure m- most of it has been good because he lives in a pretty reliably red area. And uh, I'm 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 tap dancing here as we hope to get <laughs> our guest back on the phone, guys. If you get him, maybe give him the uh, or it, maybe we'll text him the number. Uh, if somebody could text him the the basic number triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, we might we might make contact. No, oh, we think we got him. Do we have do we have Kyle on the phone? No. Yes. Maybe. I guess they're. Uh, we've of course the gremlins are hitting us this morning. I would give Kyle the. Uh, the line into the studio and maybe see if he'll ring us back. We certainly have plenty of time this morning. Um some other stuff I wanted to get to today. A lot of stuff that I want to get to today. Um one one of the things that uh, I, I don't understand. Have you ever flown you
3: fly at the, eye, the days of tiny well, TV screens and cramped seats and acting like hello. in the bathroom could be behind you.
2: I don't know what that is. Sorry, something jumping th- As you can see, the gremlins are here. Have you ever gotten on a plane and wished you could buy the whole row? Why can't you? Why can't you? This is a question that I, I ask myself every time. If I'm flying a discount airline, if, I'm, if I can't get into a first-class seat or a business-class seat, And there is an entire row available, whether it's two on one side or three on one side. Why can't I buy the seats next to me, flip up the armrests, and have a nice couch-like experience for the rest of my flight? I know that Montel Williams attempted to do that once on JetBlue, and he had purchased three seats. He had purchased... One seat and the two next to him were empty, so he bought those two. Well, when he got on the plane, they told him that he couldn't do it. And I thought, wait a minute, if you buy out a movie theater, can't you have the comfort? If you just want to watch a movie, there have been people that want to watch a movie by themselves, or maybe they, they it's a romantic film and they want to bring their their other half for an anniversary or maybe even a proposal that's happened before. So why can't you do the same thing with an airplane? Why can't you buy an entire row? I don't get it. Well, now you can one airline in the Middle East has has announced what they're calling neighbor free seats. And this is in coach. It gives you the option to buy up to three seats that are near you. Now, they have it as a, as a bidding situation. So the airline comes out of the uh, United Arab Emirates, and uh, they've said to their customers, you're going to be able to bid on these seats when you book, and that uh, 30 hours before your flight, they're going to tell you whether or not you are successful. I, I think they're... I think this is going to be a policy they're going to have to work on. And um, the purchase seats, they apparently say they're going to mark with uh, different headrests from the rest of the cabin. According to the airline, this gives the guests, they, they call them guests, not travelers, the opportunity for increased space, privacy, and comfort at a price that is affordable. Yeah. Yeah. How about if you buy out two rows or an entire row, you should be allowed to do that. And you know what else it would do? It would speed boarding. And if you can only have one carry on, it's also going to create more room in the overhead. I'm just saying. Anyone disagree with me? Am am I nuts for this? Thinking this? I think this, this makes total sense. If you can buy out an entire theater, if you can purchase a restaurant and you're willing to pay the price, what's wrong with allowing a traveler the ability to buy all of the seats in your row and then stretch out? After all, the airlines aren't working to make the legroom bigger. If anything, they're doing just the opposite. We are seeing a couple different trends in air travel happen. I'll bet you we see some really interesting twists and turns in air travel in the coming years. United has now offered a discount feature in Coach. Yes. Um, Some are calling it last class. (laughs) Not first class, but last class. And if you're willing to purchase a seat in the last few rows on a United flight you get it at a great discount but you're not allowed any any storage area in the overhead bins and i could deal with that if i'm going to be somewhere for a few days and i'm going to need to travel with a bunch of luggage all i need you can stow your computer or your ipad or your tablet in the uh in the pocket in front of you or under your seat that's that's fine that can work but you're just going to be denied access to the overhead bins so why not if you don't mind it if you can sleep on the in the back of the plane why not go last class as it were i think we're going to see a lot of different changes in air travel are you planning a trip this summer Uh, i will tell you this riley opelka the young kid He's uh, starting Monday. He's trying to get into the Wimbledon tennis tournament, and you have to play your way in. It's tough. It's a long shot. But if he makes it through, uh, next Saturday I'm going to be on tape because we're going to be on a plane going to watch him play, and he will be playing on Sunday or Monday, the 2nd or 3rd of July. So just warning. And if that happens, we, we have to find a cheap seat somewhere, somehow. But I think watch air travel, and you will see air travel, I think, uh, having innovation and uh, new ways of thinking the way we've seen uh, taxis go. I know there are sort of Uber-like apps for private jets. They're not quite as good as uh, what Uber and Lyft do for you, but we've seen that. And we're also hearing that uh, planes without pilots, yes pilotless planes will be happening you got to figure we've got it with drones we already have drones especially in military applications and you're about to have drones in package delivery in grocery delivery uh that that's going to be happening very soon look at the beehive of drones that amazon is is planning they'll be there'll be these giant warehouse centers where your your food and goods will be stored and the robots will complete your order attach it to the drone and the drone will deliver to your home the future is here stepping away when we get back hopefully we'll get kyle on the phone i don't know i can't promise anything we'll see what happens next i'm pure opelka
0: you're listening to pure opelka
2: on the blaze radio network
0: you're listening to pure
1: opelka on the blaze radio network
2: all right we think we solved the problem we think the gremlins are being held at bay and we think we believe we hope we will have kyle courtney on the phone good morning kyle and nothing oh boy apparently the phones here at the blaze are giving us trouble is kyle there Great. Well, there it is, folks. Uh, I, <laughs> I spent uh, a lot of time yesterday trying to arrange to have this guy who did something I think is just spectacular. He, he spoke his mind on a billboard that told ABC that they were, they were over. They were breaking up and uh, never, ever getting back together. Uh, and it's all over the story of, of the fake news specifically the the russian investigation i'll give you his message once more i tweeted out the the billboard and a connection to one of the little fox blurbs on it yesterday uh kyle courtney told abc news i grew up with you we are through with we are through the russians didn't elect donald trump i did Um uh, mr courtney talked to me about The fact that when he was uh, young, they didn't have a whole lot of TV. They don't have TV channels like hundreds of them. And when his family would sit down to dinner, the news would be on and it would be ABC News. And I think that was probably back in the Peter Jennings days. Days when we had anchors who we trusted. Days where we had more actual news and facts than we had opinions being thrown at us all day long. And he said over the past probably seven, eight years, he's seen the news change. And he talked to me about how he watched the turn go from reporting to opinion. And specifically in ABC, they started going after the presidents, and going after Bush. And now the situation with Trump and highlighting this story and the Russians. And interestingly enough, Wednesday morning, this billboard went up just outside of San Antonio, Wednesday morning. He has been inundated with several hundred offers for interviews, requests for interviews. He chose Neil Cavuto yesterday, and he chose uh, Fox & Friends this morning, and then he chose The Blaze, but unfortunately (laughs) we're having a little bit of an equipment meltdown. But I asked yesterday, when I asked Kyle Courtney, uh, why didn't you make it ABC News, CNN, MSNBC? And uh, he said, what? I said, why didn't you add CNN and MSNBC? And he said, well, my answer would be, what are those? I don't watch them. So he's already now. Can you imagine? Uh, I would be very upset if, in fact, I, I saw what was going on on msnbc if i hadn't seen it just abc news is enough so unfortunately unless unless we work it out we won't get kyle courtney he's been up since five o'clock his time because he was doing a a hit with fox and friends this morning he might want to go back to sleep i don't know it is a saturday but he's a businessman i'm gonna have to move on we'll take this topic i did just post based on based on the story i just told you about the airline offering offering to uh sell people the individual seats next to you i did just post a tweet that i would love to get your opinion on the vital question of the day is up and it says uh if it's cheaper than first class should you be allowed to buy an entire row on your flight currently the first six people to jump in voted yes Uh, so it's a hundred percent. Yes, I, I should have, I guess, posted in there. Isn't it the airline decision because can't you as a, as a company decide, okay, we are going to, we are going to grab, um, this person's money and we'll, we'll sell them the whole plane if they want, if they want to buy 250 seats at 200 bucks a seat, we'll sell them the whole damn plane. What do they care? They'll probably actually make more money because they won't need to use as much gas. And we know the gas is very expensive on the planes. So the the vital question of the day is up. It'll be up for 24 hours. You can vote on it. We're currently running 100%. Yes, of course. Why not? I'm sure there's somebody saying, but what if someone wants to get on that plane? You know what? If If... We don't have any shortage of planes. At least I haven't seen a shortage of planes, nowhere. Anyway, big story. Uh, the the other story that I I want to point out. Why? Why are we not making Trey Gowdy the most powerful guy in the House? I know everybody's saying, "Well, Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan." I really like Trey Gowdy's style. I really like Trey Gowdy's, uh, lack of Bravo Sierra. And you've seen him in the hearings. You've seen him, uh, controlling those hearings. And he's now leading the one that Jason Chaffetz stepped away from. But Trey Gowdy appeared with, uh, Aaron Burnett night before last. And they were, they were talking about leaks and, um, and they were talking about the, um, the leak that came out of the closed briefing from the Intelligence Committee and the meeting with Dan Coates, the Director of National Intelligence. And uh, Aaron asked Trey Gowdy about the leaks. And, and he, um, he ripped somebody a new one.
4: Find out. Uh, What I found out, Aaron, is that about eight hours ago, Adam Schiff and I looked Dan Coates in the eyes and we assured him that there would be no selective leaking of his testimony to us. And I'll be damned if eight hours later, there aren't three different leaks with what he told us. So if anyone is questioning, Why congressional investigations aren't taken seriously and are viewed as political exercises? You need look no further than the fact that we looked one of our intelligence officials in the eyes and promised him there would be no selective leaking, and here I am being asked about it—not even eight hours later.
3: So, Congressman, who leaked it?
4: Was it was it Coates? Was it Schiff? I can tell you. Was there anyone else in the room than the three of you? Oh, no, there there were eight people in the room. I can tell you who it was not. It was not me. And I do not believe it was Adam Schiff. He's a
2: We'll be back with more on this story after the break.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on
1: the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: How cool was that? I don't know if you were um, paying attention. Um, I, I just um, I just looked up and Fox and Friends had uh, our own Allie, Allie Stuckey, on the show this morning. The uh, the brilliant millennial. Maybe the saving grace of the millennial generation. And she did a great job. Yeah, I got to call her, see if we can get around on the show this morning. Hmm. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Now, shall we go back to Mr. Depp? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. A guy that, uh, you know what? It, it? I've not been a Johnny Depp fan, mostly because I just, I don't get it. I know a lot of the women do, and a lot of the non-heterosexual men do think johnny depp is dreamy not to me but and he's not even that great of an actor to me i you know he's a guy who gets uh, work in freaky films and he made some friendships with certain directors so he gets a lot of work and this i think he stumbled into that pirates of the caribbean thing which became a monster franchise for disney and uh He got all, as they would say in some communities, selfed up. Johnny Depp was selfed up. He thought in other communities they would say he thinks who he is, which I never really understood that expression. But when somebody gets all selfed up or all full of themselves, some of my friends in a certain community would say he thinks who he is. And I go, okay, uh, diagram that sentence for me. But Johnny Depp, when he was at that film festival in Scotland and made the statement that's got so many, and we've heard it, but I'm going to play it again because there's some important nuances in this, especially with the television network's coverage of it. Check it out.
1: When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? (laughs) I
2: want to I, I, I clarify, I'm not an actor. I lie for a living. First of all, one thing you should notice, there were ten and a half seconds of huge applause and cheering. Ten and a half seconds of huge applause and cheering when Johnny Depp made that suggestion, that question. When he asked the question, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? And as that 10 seconds of thunderous applause and cheering happened, I'm guessing he said, well, you know, I better distance myself from this a little bit. And he made the statement, well, I'm not an actor, I lie for a living. But then he couldn't resist, could he? He couldn't help himself. Because then there's uh, another 10 seconds of depth stupidity that came forward. However... It's been a while. (laughs) Is he trying to affect a Scottish accent? Listen to how he says, however. However. This is an American. Granted, he's lived in Paris for a while, but that's not a French accent. I think he's trying to affect a Scottish accent to make himself more acceptable to his audience. Listen. However. However. However, lad, yeah, it's been a while. Johnny Depp yesterday got more attention than he wanted from that quote. That, That simple statement of stupidity may have cost Johnny Depp along the same way that Kathy Griffin and her statements have cost her economically. Johnny Depp yesterday, hours after the, uh, the story broke, hours after that clip hit everywhere, Johnny Depp issued an apology. And uh, he issued it, interestingly enough, through People Magazine. And this is somebody who's won a bunch of People's Choice Awards and stuff like that. So no shock he would go to uh, a magazine like that. Something that that would hit his, his core audience, his base audience. So Johnny Depp, just well, less than a day after, less than a day after he uh, he makes that statement, he says, uh, well, first of all, the White House reacted. I don't know if you knew this. The White House issued a statement about Depp's comments saying President Trump has condemned violence in all forms, and it is sad that others like Johnny Depp have not followed his lead. I hope that some of Mr. Depp's colleagues will speak out against this type of rhetoric as strongly as they would if this was directed towards a Democrat or elected official. Right? Interesting. And uh, then Depp issued an apology. So, did it take the White House commenting, or did it take somebody at Disney getting a hold of Johnny Depp and saying, Hold on a second, mister. You can't do that? Depp's statement to people. And of course, it's posted in People Politics. People politics. Yeah, there's a whole section of People magazine for politics, because that's where people go to get their political news. Stop it. Mr. Depp said, I apologize for the bad joke I attempted last night in poor taste about President Trump. It did not come out as intended, and I intended no malice. I was only trying to amuse, not to harm anyone. Hmm. Interesting, because he said, can you bring Trump here? And the crowd booed. He asked initially, can you bring Trump here? And they booed him. And he said, no, 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 no. You misunderstand completely. I think he needs help. And then he asked the question, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? So he started out by saying, can you bring Trump here? The crowd boos. And he goes, no, you misunderstood. I think he needs, and he paused, help. And what would help be? Curiously, that Johnny Depp says the president needs help, and then he says help, or he seems to determine that help would be, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? I want to clarify, I'm not an actor. I lie for a living. However, it's been a while. The Secret Service will only confirm it is aware of the comments and it is it is a crime to threaten the president. The Secret Service statement for security reasons we cannot discuss specifically nor in general terms the means and methods of how we perform our protective responsibilities. Good. I'm glad somebody in the in Washington, somebody in the administration can keep uh, a mouth closed. But will this affect Depp? Well, Disney's got the film coming out. I guarantee you it was more about somebody at Disney picking up the phone and going, listen, Buster, you better get on that phone and and make an apology and make it quickly. And, you know, they got the crisis management team out. That's the studios have them and the actors, if they're big enough, they have crisis management teams. And they're the ones who then go in and mop up after these people. It's been going on in Hollywood for years and years and years. And uh, how do I know this? Well, there's a great book. There's a great book. It's, It's kind of wandering, but it's called The Cleaner. And it's about the guys in the old days of Hollywood who had to go in and clean up after the actors' messes. Stuff like this. Sometimes it was an actor who was caught... Uh, driving while drunk or ended up in the wrong place with the wrong person. Or there might have been a paternity test that needed to be handled. But there were, this has been going on in entertainment and Hollywood for years as people have tried to protect the reputations of these people. It's only in the last couple of years that we've seen the mask come off and the liberals have actually shown us who they are. Witness Rosie O'Donnell. Witness Kathy Griffin. Witness Bill Maher. Witness Bill Nye. Witness Johnny Depp. I could go on and on and on. Witness the woman Arguello, the the woman who talked about old white people, conservative old white men dying. And it's okay with her if she can get the discussion on gun control started. Hollywood's been doing this for a while. Are you going to go see the movie? I wonder. I have not seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, any of them, mostly because I have a personal policy that forbids me from going to see a movie based on a ride at a theme park. Seriously. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You are listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Got a couple of bits of housekeeping to uh, attend to. First of all, to everybody pinging me on the on the Twitter. Good morning. I uh, appreciate you being there, uh, especially some of the comments. Uh, the uh, one of the leaders of the vast unpaid resource department. The Duchess of Kofeife is up early and said she'll tune in after feeding the crew, but she streams it on the iHeartRadio app, which is a great way to get the show, by the way. It's free and it's free. What more do you want? It's free and it's free. Uh, Wonderslug Vika's up. Scintillating Duck is up. The the uh, Dr. Herb Nerbler's up. Andy Currier's up. They're, you're all up and responding, especially to the question... This morning, if you choose, if you have the money, if there's room on the plane, should you be allowed to purchase the entire row? And I especially believe if if it's cheaper than first class, I think you should be allowed to do that. I think that that should be an easy thing. And it's a no brainer for the for the airlines, because they're actually going to make money. They don't have to move as much weight. Weight on a plane equals fuel consumption. Fuel consumption goes right to cost and bottom line. So you don't have as many bodies, you don't have as much carry-on luggage, you just have one body in a row, and why not if you can buy? It? Shouldn't that be a libertarian decision for the airline to make? Currently, 94% of you say, Yeah, of course, why not? Four percent of you say no. And of course, there are 2% of you this Saturday morning who cannot make up your minds. (laughs) I love you just the same. I really do. Uh, This audience, I think, I think from our experience together, this audience understands the power of prayer. And one of us, one of us asked if we could get a story out and ask for people to maybe say a prayer for a miracle. This comes out of Littleton, Colorado, a tiny little town of wonderful people. I've known people out of Littleton since the 70s. It's one of those things that I keep meeting people from Littleton, Colorado at random moments. And every single one of them has been just great in terms of every part of their life. They're wonderful, solid citizens. One of them sent me a note that said, could you get the word out on this? Could you please, could you please get the word out and ask people to say a prayer for Littleton police officer Stephen Beer? And I think it's Beer, B-E-A-R-E. Stephen is missing in Russia. He was a Colorado National Guardsman. He's been deployed multiple times. He went to Russia, to the Caucasus Mountains region in southern Russia, This is according to his wife, and he was going to uh, climb Mount Elbrus. He was out there to climb Mount Elbrus. And it's a solo climb that he was doing. This is the tallest mountain in Russia. The guy's an alpinist, as they say. He was going to try and climb the 18,510 feet. It's the tallest mountain in Europe as well. He got there on June 12th and spoke to his wife, Olivia, back in uh, Colorado. And he attempted a couple phone calls last Saturday, according to the Colorado Police Officers Foundation. They're, they're trying to raise money to finance a private search team because after he went missing, the Russians sent in uh, a recovery team, a search and rescue team, an eight-person team. And uh, they stopped looking after a few days. So we have a, a National Guardsman, a police officer, a dad. He's, um, he's got a 20-month-old son. He and his wife, Olivia, have a 20-month-old son. And she is 11 weeks pregnant with their second child. So if you don't mind keeping the Beer family in your, in your prayers today. And you know what I'll do? I'll also post a link To the fundraiser, they're trying to get a private search team engaged to go look for him. So just let's try and do a little something with the power of prayer today. We'll get back with more of the crazy stuff after the break.
1: Pelka. with Michael
0: Pelka
1: only on the blaze radio network.
2: Welcome, 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 welcome to the pre-show, the update, the pre-programming for the Jeff Fisher show heard here on the blaze radio networks. Actually, it's the third hour Pure Pelka, but you know, the cool kids call it the Jeff Fisher pre-show. Jeffy follows this show. I want you to love Jeff Fisher. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, it, it's an obscure cultural reference. I love Jeff Fisher and I want you to love him too. Anybody? Anybody get that? Obscure enough for you? All right. We, we went away talking about a serious story and I did post uh, j- just on the Twitter the... Uh, The Colorado State Police Foundation uh, webpage that's trying to help raise funds to get a search party over to Russia as soon as possible to try and find Stephen Scott Beer, the police officer, the National Guardsman, the the husband who's got a 20-month-old son and his wife is 11 weeks pregnant, and three puppies that miss him very much. He's been gone for just uh, about a week and a half, and he was on a solo climb of the biggest mountain in Russia. Uh, I know, I know, I don't get it either, but that's what, that's what alpinists do. So if you're so inclined, uh, take a moment, say a prayer, or if you've got a couple of shekels you want to throw their way, or share it with people. You might know some people who, um, who have very deep pockets. I was about to get into something, um, a a topic about uh, Qatar, and I just saw the Nerf Herder tweet something about um, the Clinton Foundation admits it took a million dollars from Qatar and forgot to tell the government about it. Uh, Yeah. You know all the forgetting stories that the the, uh, Trump administration is getting railed for? Jared Kushner didn't have his his forms completed, I guess, and had to resubmit with some updates to it and being roundly criticized. Well, the Daily Wire has a story about the Clinton Foundation admitting it took $1 million from Qatar and forgot to tell the government. That was among the emails that were distributed after being hacked from the uh, Hillary Clinton presidential campaign chairman, John Podesta, and published by WikiLeaks. So uh, does that violate ethics? Hillary Clinton did sign an ethics agreement when she became secretary of state under Barack Obama. And uh, that ethics agreement has a provision where you have to uh, notify the State Department's ethics officials If a new foreign government wanted to donate or increase materially its contributions to the foundation, Uh, the the Qatari officials reportedly pledged the money in 2011, again, in April of 2012. And uh, they got an email acknowledging that the Qatari's wanted to meet Bill Clinton for five minutes in New York. So does is that what a million dollars buys? Five million? A million dollars buys five minutes with Bill Clinton? Hmm. The Clinton Foundation justifies the lack of reporting on this by saying the million-dollar gift was not, quote, a material increase, close quote, in the contributions from this emirate. They had given, apparently, reportedly between one and five million to the foundation in total. So that's not a material increase. Come on. How long are we going to let this go on? And still, why does Hillary Clinton, why does Hillary Rodham Clinton still have security clearance? Why does her key card still work? I'm telling you, I go back to what I said. Um, Five minutes after I'm out of the blaze, guess what? I'm not online. I'm not able to get into the mail. I my key card's activated, disactivated, shut off. That's what happens. Why do we let people do this? No. You're no longer in the system. You are done. Go away. I was going to talk about cutter or Qatar, or gutter. Or Qatar. What the hell is the way we... Pro- How are we supposed to pronounce it? Just just between CNN and MSNBC and Fox this morning, I heard five different pronunciations. Five. Apparently, the little emirate that is behind Al Jazeera is being squeezed out, being, uh, being told by the neighbors... That you're, you're too radical. You've been sponsoring terror too much. Your human rights uh, problems are not being solved. So they're kind of isolating this little slice of land, this wealthy little emirate. But nobody can get the name right. So uh, tell us the name. How, do we, how are we supposed to say it? I'm saying Qatar. But I have heard Qatar, Qatar, gutter, Qatar. And uh, one other one, which it's, it all sounds the same. It's a mess, I know. At the core of this now is uh, they, want, they want Al Jazeera shut down. They're telling, they're telling uh, folks that Al Jazeera, they're telling the people running Qatar, Al Jazeera needs to shut down. Remember Al Jazeera America? Anyone remember that? Uh, the, the place that actually purchased Al Gore's channel his cable channel thinking that they were going to get a wedge into American television they were going to get 60 to 70 million households automatically and because of that they would get a toehold in America well despite the fact that so many American journalists sold their souls to the emirate and this this new Al Jazeera America which which actually had kind of Sharia underpinnings in some of its editorial direction Uh, Despite that, Hillary Clinton in 2011, around the same time, gee, has anyone looked at the, the fact that this statement by Hillary Clinton in 2011, this statement seems to coincide with the million dollars? Anybody? Has anyone noticed this? Well, the Daily Wire story had me thinking about Hillary Clinton. The Daily Wire story that talks about the Clinton Foundation getting this million dollars that it forgot to tell the government about and then the request of the five-minute meeting with Bill Clinton. We just want five minutes on. We just need to talk to him for five minutes. Can we just get five minutes, please? Here's a million dollars. That happened pretty much concurrently with the Secretary of State making this public statement that has been since played over and over again i know but let's now realize that there there might have been a reason why hillary clinton made this declaration
3: a set of global networks that Al Jazeera has been the the leader in that are literally changing people's minds and attitudes. And like it or hate it, it is really effective. And in fact, viewership of Al Jazeera is going up in the United States because it's real news. You may not agree with it, but you feel like you're getting real news around the clock instead of a million commercials and, you know, arguments between talking heads and the kind of stuff that we do on our news, which, you know, is not particularly informative to us, let alone foreigners.
2: Interesting, right? Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation scoop a million-dollar donation up from the people who also happen to run Al Jazeera News. And, and the same year, Hillary Clinton is front, in front of the world making these glowing statements about Al Jazeera. Calling it real news, saying that it's much better than our our talking heads here. And did you notice also what she said in there? Is there a a little bit of um, anti capitalism in that statement? Did you happen to notice what's in there? Oh, let's effective.
3: Hear yeah. and in fact, viewership of Al Jazeera is going up in the United States because no, it's, not. it's real news. You may not agree with it, but you feel like you're getting real news around the clock instead of a million commercials and, you know, arguments between talking heads and the kind
2: So Hillary Clinton has a problem with commercials. And yet a few years later, on two separate occasions, actually a few years before this and a few years later, she would spend hundreds of millions of dollars to buy those Endless ads on news channels to promote herself. You want to see a little example of uh, progressive hypocrisy, progressivism Here's a woman saying news channels have too many commercials when she in fact spent hundreds of millions of dollars in two different presidential campaigns to promote herself. But the commercials are the problems. The commercials are what's blocking us from getting real news. Instead, we need to be supporting a network that comes out of the Middle East in a country that doesn't have freedom for everybody, specifically women, right? And they just happen to pay your foundation a million extra. We just found another million we'd like to give to the Clinton Foundation. Does Bill have five minutes on Monday? And would you mind saying something about Al Jazeera being real news? Yeah, that, that would be great. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you so much. It's really, really disturbing. And yes, this woman apparently still has security clearance. She's still allowed to... God only knows where they're allowed to go. God only knows what they're allowed to see. But can you please start connecting the dots between the extra million dollars that didn't get reported and this story? This woman who was a shill for Al Jazeera, a paid spokesperson, basically, she and her husband all right rant over but it's it's sickening it's sickening what the clintons did to this nation and the fact that they're still revered well i guess not completely after all we made the right choice in the fall michael pelka on pure opelka we'll be right back
0: you're listening to pure opelka with michael pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: This is Pure Pelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Somebody needs to get a message out to uh, Chris Salcedo, the liberty-loving Latino. Chris Salcedo, the liberty-loving Latino. Uh, Redundancy alert. Redundancy alert. The Department of Redundancy Department uh, is calling uh, you for uh, redundancy. He keeps using the phrase crazy liberal. You're wasting a word. Just liberal. You're fine. Okay, uh Jeff Fisher is warming up in the Blaze bullpen right now. Uh and I'm not sure if he's got the the romper on. I'm not sure cuz I didn't see him come through. He used the the Glenbeck secret entrance today. So you'll find out maybe he'll admit it himself. Um before I get to this next story, I understand Mark from Maryland's on the phone. Oh, he hung up. Mark's mad at me. Mark from Maryland is upset with me because I did not warn you. I did not put out a warning before doing this.
3: Surely we've been trying to take back the airwaves in Afghanistan against Taliban with the most primitive kind of communication equipment. Now, take that as one example where I don't think we were very competitive and we have-
2: You see what happens is... When, uh, when I play Hillary Clinton's voice on the radio, Mark's cat goes crazy. Absolutely crazy. Runs around the house tearing stuff up. So I guess it was wrong of me to do that without a warning. Sorry, Mark. Not really. Because I think it's kind of a funny image. I, I think what we should do is set up a camera. And then uh, I'll warn Mark ahead of time, and he can live stream what his cat does as Hillary Clinton's voice is being played, (laughs) which I think is pretty darn funny. Uh, And speaking of the effects that voices have on felines, scientists in California have released a, uh, a new study. They subjected wild mountain lions... To the voice of Glenn Beck. <laughs> as, as the mountain lions were just trying to have their dinner. They were trying to see how apex predators reacted to uh, fear. Fear. The Washington Post has the story as well. The researchers from University of California at Santa Cruz put motion-sensitive cameras uh, at uh, sites where these big cats, these predators, would kill in various parts of Southern California. And then, you know, when when an animal kills like that, then they take the carcass and store it for future meals. So the moment a mountain lion would trigger the cameras... They also had speakers at the site that would activate and um, play a clip from Glenn Beck's radio show. Apparently, it scared the hell out of him. Glenn wasn't the only person they, whose voice they used. They also pumped in uh, Rachel Maddow and Rush Limbaugh. The the mountain lions apparently reacted with the same fear, regardless of whether the voice was male or female. Now, couldn't it be couldn't it be said that that these these noises probably just surprise them because you're putting a, a new noise, a strange noise, into the lair or the feeding area of a major predator, as you call them, apex predators? They said. Eighty percent of the predators would flee the scene once the voices were pumped through the speakers. I'm telling you i i i I just wonder how much of our government money went to fund this study, right but here's here's probably what happened the The unusual sound would be enough to put a predator on alert and see if. You know, if I'm I'm usually eating, and suddenly there's a jackhammer going off. Guess what? I'm going to stop eating. Not that Glenn's voice is a jackhammer. Perhaps that was the wrong term. He's not up listening, not today anyway. I'm I don't I don't I'm sure. But um, I it's it's a funny headline, right? Study shows mountain lions are terrified of Glenn Beck's voice. I do think this is I I really want to know now how much money we spent. How much did we pay to learn that if you put speakers in the woods with motion sensitive cameras and when a large predator appears, if you play a, an unusual foreign voice and, and bathe them in the sounds of a human voice that they normally don't hear, they're going to run. I just want to know how much of my money went into that. And yes, I do agree, it makes a fantastic headline that Glenn Beck, Rachel Maddow, and, and Rush Limbaugh's voice makes mountain lions freak out. But in the end, at, at, at the core of this, I want to know how much I paid for this. Seriously, people, how much money did I put out for this dumb study? Bad name. All right. I'm going to step aside, take a break. Maybe there's some more. I got some more silly news, some more fake news. And a a real interesting question I'm sure will be raised by some in the Michael Brown story. We'll get to that just around the corner on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
1: On the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on
1: the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Yeah, welcome back to Pure Opelka. We do have a vital question that'll be up for another 22 hours or so. It uh, relates to a story out of the Middle East where one of the airlines has decided that if you book a flight, and when you're booking your flight, if the seat next to you on either side or both are empty, you're allowed to bid on those seats. You can put a bid in and say, I'd like that. You know, can I, have, can I purchase that one? I, w- I would like to do that. And if the flight doesn't sell out, they will then grant you 30 hours before takeoff, scheduled takeoff. They will grant you the right to purchase those seats and you could create your own little section there. Your own little, maybe even a row. Well, I'm, I'm of the belief that you should be allowed to do that anyway, but you should, even if it's at, at full price. If you decide you want the whole damn row, why can't you buy the whole damn row? I know, I know my buddy Montel Williams tried to do that. In fact, he purchased three seats in a row on a JetBlue flight a few years ago, had the entire row, he walked in on the plane, And uh, as they were getting ready to take off, they walked up and down the row and they started counting empty seats. And they said, hold on a second here. We got three empty seats here or two empty seats here. We're going to go out and get some standbys on here. And Montel alerted the flight attendant, said, oh, you can't do that. I I own those seats. Those are mine. And uh, they had a brief discussion. And anybody who knows or has ever argued, argued, With Mr. Williams, you know how this ends. You already know that he flew with a nice empty row all to himself, lifted the armrest, put a blanket on himself, and basically had a couch to go from coast to coast. So uh, I'm a believer that, uh, especially in a free market world, in a capitalist world, that you should be able to buy those seats just like you should be able to buy... An entire theater, just like you should be able to buy out a restaurant should you choose to do so. If I want to buy every seat in Yankee Stadium for a game and watch the game by myself, I should be able to do it, right? It's my money. I can be as dumb with it as I like. Currently, 94% of you agree. 6% of you don't. At least, and, and this is what I don't understand, we did have 1% or 2% that couldn't decide. Somehow they, they managed to change their votes. <laughs> the, the poll is up on the Twitter. As we speak, my Twitter handle, at StuntBrain, it's there. You can check it out. I hope you will. I also hope you will check out the tweet I posted about the Colorado police officer who's missing in Russia and his... His wife, his 11-month-old or 20-month-old son and his 11-week pregnant wife are desperate to find out what happened to Colorado police officer Stephen Bear. And they're trying to put together a very fast-deployed search group to get over there because the Russians have, after a couple days, they basically gave up. So um, if you want to see that, it's also on the Twitter as well. And I think... If if you can donate, great. If you can't, you know maybe a prayer. Little prayer, something, for the officer, please. Um. We also earlier this week, I don't know if you heard the story earlier this week. You know, we've had some tension between America and Russia, specifically in the Syrian area, when um, we shot down a Syrian jet earlier in the week, and then Russia went, hold on, Sparky, don't cross the Euphrates with your jets. If you go west of the Euphrates, we'll look at you as enemy, enemy aircraft. Well, the tension's gone beyond just Syria between the United States and the Russians. Now, over the Baltic Sea, we had, and you may have heard the story, that a Russian Su-27 fighter jet, an armed fighter jet, missiles under the wings, little rockets that will shoot down stuff. Came within five feet of the United States Air Force RC-135. It's a big plane. It happened on Monday, and uh, this was international airspace, according to the European command. The Russian plane reportedly, according to a U.S. official, ...was armed and was flying erratically. And they called these maneuvers unsafe... ...because mostly the proximity of the two aircraft. And um, so we didn't know because we hadn't seen it. But now we actually have photos that are posted online... ...showing the Russian fighter jets so close to the wing of the, of the American aircraft... You can see the Russian pilot in the cockpit. And you can also see the, the arms underneath the wing. Russia initially disputed the claims that, that they were at fault during the encounter and said it intercepted two American reconnaissance a- aircraft as they approached the Russian state border. Um... Sure. Yeah, we, we in the big lumbering RC 135. Yeah, we, we went after a fighter jet. That makes no damn sense. If you want to see the the pictures, the pictures are on CNN. I'll tweet out a link to it because it does give you pause. It makes you think, okay, what the hell's going on here? Who's provoking who? And really, what's, what's going to happen going forward? We have to be a little mindful of this. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't trust Putin at all. Not, not one little bit. And it, it is a little nerve-wracking. So uh, like I said, I'll post it on Twitter so you can check it out. Uh, also in other strange news this week, a few more strange stories. Um, a town in India... A village, basically. I'm just going to call it a town. A village in India has renamed itself after President Trump. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Um, Now, the village itself hasn't said they're going to change the name on maps or on signs around. But this actually comes from a company that is putting toilets all over India. The company is a charity toilet company. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Because uh, basic plumbing is pretty much standard everywhere in America. But this, this special aid group, the Sulab International Group, has built one and a half million toilets and set them up all over India. Why? Because the massive nation of India has 1.3 billion people and less than a third of them have access to basic sanitation like toilets. Imagine living your entire life in a nation as crowded as India and always having to uh, deal with uh, the bathroom, but it's probably more like a hole in the ground or just a port-a-potty. Fewer than a third... At least half of the population of India, according to estimates from the United Nations, just uses the great outdoors as a bathroom. Many of them live in very dense municipalities and therefore they uh, they get sick a lot. There's a high risk of cholera, diarrhea, dysentery, hepatitis A and typhoid. Yes, typhoid, something, all this stuff we thought basically not part of our lives. And yet one of the biggest nations on the planet, 1.3 billion people. And the majority of them, less than a third of them have basic sanitation available to them. So what did this country do? Well, they thought this would bring attention This company, this toilet charity, thought it would bring attention to the village if they named it Trump Village. They've set up Trump Village signs all around the area. Each has a giant picture of President Trump grinning. The White House, of course, doesn't have any comment on this. And I'm wondering if the Trump trademark lawyers are about to Slap the smackdown on this toilet charity. They've rebranded the village, Trump Village. <laughs> uh, the guy who's the founder of the charity told, told Reuters News, that he hoped it would uh, win publicity and goodwill to raise awareness of the problem they have, and might spur some rich people, some companies. And other people to donate money so they could have basic infrastructure, starting with toilets. I I doubt Donald Trump wants to be associated with toilets. I'm, I'm just saying. I know he's got his name on everything. Water, towers, steaks, wine. I just don't think toilets in India are a good thing for the president to to be associated with. But... They're trying. This village is trying to get it done. So um, if you want to go to Trump Village, I wonder if they're going to, you know, if they were smart, they would sell the signs. And I'll bet you Trump fans would put them up. If you get a Trump Village sign, because it's not the town is not officially changing its name. It's just the company is going around and putting Trump Village signs everywhere, just trying to raise awareness. Anyway, strange story of the day. There's a couple more odd ones, and then we'll, uh, we'll put a button on today's show. Michael Opelka and Pure Opelka will be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Wrapping up uh, the, the early show here on the weekend, I did get a, um, a message from our guest who, because of some technical problems, was unable to join us. Um, Kyle will be with us. Kyle Courtney, the man who posted the giant billboard just outside of San Antonio. The one that said ABC we're through, you know, the guy who told the story that he has. He grew up on ABC News and now he's dumping them and telling them it's because of their fake newsiness and the the obsession with the Russian story that isn't really a story. And um, anyway, he took his, his own money and put up this big billboard. And I did ask him about, hey, why no MSNBC up there? And he said, who's that? He's not a guy who spends a lot of time on the news channels, but he does have a message to say about. And like most of us, most of us who are fed up with the way the government has been treating us, treating us like children. But he'll be with me Monday. We should have the phone issue worked out by then. He'll be with me Monday. Uh, probably in the first hour of pure old Pelka, noon to three on the Blaze radio network. So join me, won't you uh we'll We'll get into that now, uh, one last a couple of odd stories out here there the EPA remember, remember the gigantic mess in Colorado at the Gold King mine in August of twenty fifteen when three million gallons of toxic pollution was dumped into a river that actually gives drinking water to people in three different states and the Navajo Nation. That river was yellow for days after the initial dumping. Yeah, you remember that, right? And who was President in 2015? Barack Obama, the guy that loves the environment? Yeah. Uh, the EPA uh, reported on Monday that um, there was no wrongdoing in that disaster. No wrongdoing. Uh, Auditors uh, ignored inconsistencies, apparently, in the reports that came out of the EPA officials. Remember, we had EPA officials basically saying we screwed up. We inadvertently breached the mine because of a, quote, misjudgment, unquote. But they also claim they did not violate any, quote, standards for the level of care. How do you dump three million gallons of toxic pollution into a river and then say that you didn't violate any of the standards for the level of care? You know how you do that? Well, if no standards exist, then you really can't violate standards, can you? Hmm. There were no standards of care? So when you screwed up and polluted the earth with 3 million gallons of toxic stuff that you poured into a river, just because you had no standards doesn't mean you didn't screw up. Please, Mr. President, you talked about eliminating the EPA. Can we get that done? Can we just let the states take care of it? I would love it if that would happen. I would just love it if that would happen. What a bunch of jack wagons. <sighs> Much more to deal with. There'll, there, there'll be more over the weekend. There'll be more. If you heard my diatribe on the Russian situation, there'll be more on that. Join me Monday and download the show and hang out for Jeffy and all that stuff too. Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
1: With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.